What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to The A Show with the Kings, a pro wrestling podcast. I am Justin, here with Mills. What's going on, Mills? Um, Happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody who celebrates such. We're in the unofficial start of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just great. It's, it feels great outside. <laughs> heating up. It's heating up. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of stuff going down. Um, let me see. Do you have any summer plans? How about that? Like, do you, have you thought about what you want to do this summer? Like if you had to come back, if you were somehow transported back to second grade and they asked you to report of what, how did you do on your, what did you do on your summer vacation? Do you have plans for this summer? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to Japan. Uh, this summer? Yeah. I'm going to Japan toward the end of the summer. Uh, we're actually right before summer ends in September. Um, that's not summer. It is summer. What are you talking about? Summer. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the, the unofficial start of summer is Memorial Day, and the unofficial end of summer is after Labor Day. But the it's not actual. Summer. The actual start of summer starts in June, of course. Yeah, I'm talking about the actual end and beginning, or beginning. Well, and end. I, I was referencing the unofficial, but here we are. But nonetheless, yes, you're going to Japan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm going to Japan in the summer. And uh, I'm trying to go to like I'm trying to be by a pool over the summer. I'm trying to do a lot more like like trips, like like just like short little like staycation type things. I want to go to Palm Springs. I've never been there. That's uh that's out there by where like they do Coachella. At, if you didn't know, um, I want to go to San Diego too. There's this really cool like Gunpla, like, you know, Gundam model kit store that's out there. And I'm trying to stay away from these stores because when I go to Japan, I'm about to go crazy going to these stores but i want to go out there because like they've shown me so much love and i, I order from them a lot and i, and I want to check out their store in person i hear that sorry there was police there's police sirens going off by me of course and they're loud as hell so i wanted to make sure i was on mute um yes. but yeah you can still hear it they're going away now hopefully unless like four more circle the block and like we get, he's actually over here <laughs> um but, no i mean um, it's definitely worth thinking of summer plans. I mean, I try to go to so many concerts. Concert ticket prices are crazy, uh, but I feel like I want to go to at least one. But also, I want to get certain things, and then like, uh, you know, there's just so much to calculate in terms of all this actual other stuff like that, and then you know, like real life, adult life, all this other stuff like that. So we'll see where it goes. I definitely, I want to make sure I hit MSG for the WWE show this summer, for sure. Um, I want to make sure... Oh, Jamal's coming to visit, so that's always fun. Um, okay, okay. You know, when he got he 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 on the subway with it. He, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely coming to visit. Um, I've never been to... I haven't been to a baseball game in a very, very long time since I was a kid. I would love to go, considering that they're faster games now. <laughs> <laughs> Because people, huh? was, you know, people was tuning out. They got to be faster now because like people were tuning out of the games. Bruh, them games used to be long as hell, like long as hell. And I would just be like, "Yo, how did anyone sit through this shit? Like baseball? <laughs> you kidding me? Like Yankee um, games too, though. I heard those games were always long as hell. I mean, better be worth it for the, all the prizes and shit like that. But nonetheless, like, nah, it's a they're shorter as hell now. That of course, you know. FanDuel guy myself. Um, 
I know the rules of the game. So now I get it a little bit more. So now I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Like baseball, you know what I'm saying? America's pastime, five innings, the first five, then four more. <laughs> Christ. And then, uh, then you're over with, and then that's done. So we'll see. I got to go Yankee Stadium. And then if anyone wants to take me to see a Mets game, I'm also open to that. <laughs> I have no allegiance in this city. My only allegiance is the Knicks. <laughs> I heard the uh, the Nets games be like, like the Nets our stadium is like mad ghetto. Is that the truth? Mets? I don't know. I haven't been to City Field actually. I've not been to City Field since it opened, so I'm not actually sure. It's a it's in the part of like. See, here's the thing. Like when stuff is like, it's interesting because when stuff is in the Bronx, I can kind of like figure my way around it. But if anything's in like Queens and passing by it, I'm like, I don't really want to go. Like because there isn't. I'm sure there's good transportation to City Field, but just Queens in general. And sorry if there's any Queens people. And shout to shout to my guy Josh, uh, who yeah. does live in Queens, who big fan. We'll do we're supposed to do um, retro diaries next month. So now that I've said on wax, I'm definitely holding myself to it. Um, yeah, Queens is kind of far, <laughs> and all yeah. of, that's why you you'll never catch me at. Um, What's the fucking the AEW shit in like October and stuff like that? It's yeah. not it's not feasible for me. I'm not traveling all. The, it takes me like two hours to get to Queens, and it takes me the same amount of time to get to the Bronx. I don't know. It's a, a post Memorial Day crime. It's summer now. <laughs> it is crime is a it, this is Eric Adams New York. It could be anything. Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is right next to City Field. Wow, did not know that. Um, yeah, rarely catch me there. It's not gonna happen, Captain, but God bless. Um, so vast, but yet so small. That's the craziest part about New York to me. It's because everything, so like, I'm assuming with you guys, and, and actually, probably 94% of the United States, they're like open highways, roads, and stuff like that. Everything is kind of like spread out. Everything here is so congested, but it's still kind of far, but. The train, like, if you want to drive there, it's still drive there, but you don't really have to drive in New York, so you have to take the train. And I'm like, every year, I'm like, should I get a car? And then I'm like, no, I live in New York. Why would I get a car? Um, Can I have one of your old cars? I've had, wow. (laughs) They're gone. Uh, I've heard heard people push back on the don't have a car in New York thing. I've heard, I've, I've actually seen a lot of people push back on that. I I don't think it's all right. Go ahead. At least people who like are like, yeah. There's certain things that I would absolutely want to drive to, like, or there's certain times where I absolutely would not want to to, um, like, drive, uh, you know, or take the subway. You know what I'm saying? Like late at night or something like that. That's why they'll have a car. Or I, I know a lot of people that I know from New York that bought cars during the pandemic, which is funny. Which is funny to me. So the convenience of a car is definitely worth it. But realistically, and there's a, in a lot of commuting and transportation things, it still does take the same amount of time in certain places, especially when you count traffic. If it's the weekend, traffic is backed up, all this other stuff like that. If you're going to a baseball game or any other kind of game is similar to that, it's definitely backed up. Um, but also, most people who, especially people, I don't want to say people of color, but um, depending on who you are, like, even sometimes if you have a car like realistically in your budget you can't really afford a car 
um is what i've known is what i've noticed as well like realistically like you have a car but you're like just making ends meet with a car yeah and realistically if you didn't have a car you'd probably be a little bit better off so it's kind of like like when you when you take into account the maintenance you take into account gas when you take into account all the other shit that you have to do when you have to get a car that's usually i usually have to tell myself this every three months of like okay this is why i'm getting a car I tell you what, though, if if you're getting a car, though, Mills, and half of the time you're not driving it because you're still like if it's a leisure car, for sure, there's not much maintenance mm-hmm. that you have to. Do. There's really not much maintenance that you have to do. I think in the mm-hmm. three years that I had my last car, I had to change my tire one time in that whole three years that I had it. And I never drove my car. And it, and, I, and it was actually like a lease. I, it wasn't a per- I, w- I didn't buy it. I was just leasing it because I knew I wasn't going to drive very much. And Damn, rapper shit. Like, it's not, it's not, I mean, rappers will look down on a lease. <laughs> just tell you, just, <laughs> you, buy this, you know, you know, rappers is like, nigga, this is Rick my Ross shit. car show. <laughs> yeah, I ain't doing no leases, but I mean, I don't, I, buying it like regular people, like don't need to really like buy cars like that. Like you just, you get to switch up your shit every three years, right? Or however many miles you get. But I would say that I would actually push back on the maintenance part. I, I feel like that the, it's actually probably adv- advantageous. I th- I'd say probably the the only part that you would probably be like not cool with is having a car note. That's probably it. Um, but I, I feel like maintenance is just like whatever. Like gas, I know is expensive out there though. I, I will say that, like, because gas is like kind of high out here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Every time I think about it, I'm like, all right, never mind. Like, where am I driving? Queens? I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you like the only place i would drive is to see like rob or nelson or something along those lines but other than that like i'm not the supermarket's down the street the laundromat's down the street <laughs> the, everything is down the street everything is very within minutes of walking away that's why kind of the gym is across the street everything is across the street like it's not this is why i don't really need one yeah i mean true i mean it, hey it's 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 really on you you know what i'm saying the the person how they how they want to do it and uh i i just i just feel like being out there like i loved it out there but i'm just like damn like i i i would definitely have a car because i don't i don't want to do subway like that's just too complicated to me no subway once you get it you get it like if you get it you get it and the subway is very it's actually quite simple once you once you know the difference between local express uptown downtown you're fine trust me um it is not complicated it is not that much only thing that could jam you up is weekend um weekend construction where they cut off certain train lines you got to take certain other train lines but once you get it give it like a couple give it like a year you can be like oh i'm a i'm a real new yorker i'm i can move through you know any type of thing so it's not it's not as complicated as it seems but um you know Again, the, the the I'm just trying to wait. Could you ever live where you're at without a car? Could is is it feasible oh, you for you to live without a car? You can't. I don't see how Eric does it. My my best friend Eric. I don't see how he does it. I, I he he has not had a car in years, and I'm just like I don't I don't see how you how you could do it. Like I Uber. need to know how how he does it. I actually do need to know how he does it, <laughs> bro. He's the Uber king, bro. I couldn't do it. Like I'm like the the, the amount of money you spend on an Uber, you could have you you could have had a tank of gas, and that would have that would have lasted you a whole week. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's the craziest thing to to just be taking Ubers like that. To me, mm. I hate Ubers. <laughs> like I hate Ubers, bro. Ubers are so ridiculously like. 
overpriced now that it's not even worth it anymore. I look at the Uber sometimes if I'm traveling back from somewhere just to kind of see where the price is. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm getting on a train. Like, I'll see, I'll look at it and be like, $25? Fuck out of here. <laughs> I'll take the bus. Thanks. Um, but yeah, nah, because it was weird because it's like 2016, you get where you're going for like $7. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now it's like $28. And I'm like, yo, this is. Uber's make me feel out there too. I was like, no, they're, they're nuts. They're built for you guys. They're built for people who are out of town who are just like, okay, we're taking we're taking Uber anywhere that we go. That's where we're built for. But realistically, like, unless you're at a party or somewhere out late and the trains are running like every forty minutes now, because um, they do that at night. Like, if you if you leave places past like eleven o'clock, like it starts running like pretty much every twenty eight to forty minutes, uh, one train. So you're waiting there for 40 minutes with like 48 drunk people on the platform um, waiting for the train. So in that case, I'd be like, all right, I'm taking an Uber. Or I would take a train to like a closer place and then I would take an Uber. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. What <laughs> uh, a weekend. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. We got hot takes this week. Um, do you want to review the two shows from Sunday on Patreon? We haven't done that in a while. We haven't done it on Patreon exclusively. Um, Let's do that. So I, th- I think we should do it on Patreon. I think we should definitely you free you people who have been listening for free. I've been listening for free long enough. You people, um, <laughs> the brokies of no, I'm kidding. Um, it's five dollars to subscribe to the Patreon, and you know. Uh, you get a whole bunch of uh, other great content. I have good things to say, and I have bad things to say. So subscribe subscribe to the Patreons, and we'll talk about NXT Battleground and And, the the double header from last Sunday. And we'll be right back uh, on the A Show on the free tier. Be right back. All right, we're back on the A Show. We just talked about Double or Nothing and NXT Battleground. So if you're on our Patreon, check that out. Definitely. Night of Champions. Saturday, Night of Champions, live from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Did you like the triple header AEW, WWE, NXT thing this weekend? It it wasn't like that. Like. I thought it would be like way more like intense, but it was it was actually pretty cool. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. No, it was kind of high to be honest with you. Like the there was a lot of space. Maybe if the NXT show was in the earlier in the afternoon, like we would stand and deliver, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, like double or nothing or battleground, you're either watching one or the other. So it was like really two spaces of time you were dedicated to wrestling and not three. So it was kind of high. I got some time to go out. I got some time to hang out and touch grass. You know what I'm saying? As our father CM Punk would say. You know what I'm saying? Um, touch grass. <laughs> touch grass, <laughs> baby. I got something to touch grass. And, uh, you know, we here. First of all, before we get into the show, I want to say congratulations to fucking Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Um, pregnant. Alexa Bliss. A lot of conversation about what's going on with Alexa Bliss. She's like, you know what? I'm having a baby. Fuck y'all. No, okay. Y'all like, don't want me to come back. She it was funny because she actually showed her gear off like days ago. Like some gear. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, here like she actually, come. yeah, no, here no. she come. She was just spring cleaning, nigga. She was she was yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wear this one day. Yeah. Hopefully I can fit in this again. 
You know what I'm saying? One of those. And shout out to Ryan Cabrera, man. Listen, I don't know if you know this about me. I love On the Way Down yeah. by Ryan Cabrera. Yeah. That's yeah. one of that's an amazing song. I'm just letting you know. That's an amazing song. The MTV. Wasn't he with Je- uh, Jessica Simpson for a while? He was with he was with Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson. My bad. Whoops. Yeah, man. Come on, get back into your listen. I'm gonna have to invite you on the retro diaries. You might have to watch the Ashley Simpson show. You know what I'm saying? That would be fire, bro. I'm just t- we have always been so su- we've we've always supposed to do a real world show and we never did it. And I don't know if it's because you don't want to talk to me more during the week or, or what. But we were no, always- no, I've done real world. I did real world with Quan like last year, but we can do real world again. Like, um just pick a pick a season. Okay. Fine. I mean, there's a lot. That's of not Vegas because we did Vegas already. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Night of Champs, Night of Champions. Let's let's do it. Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. This was originally King and Queen of the Ring. Uh, they changed it up. People were very upset. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think what if King and Queen of the Ring would have done. Um, I feel like they still could have done it on this show. To be honest with you. To be real, I think the amount of non-title matches on this show—I mean, there's two non-title matches on this show, so I feel like they could have done it anyway. Like, nah, nah, nah. nah. All right, well, whatever. I I don't care. I feel like with what you had here, you—I mean, they wanted to establish this title, and I think you can't have the—you want to give everything its 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 rightful place, and you got to give a king of the ring and a queen of king of the ring their rightful place. Especially with the sure. way Triple H positions things now, which everything is important. <laughs> um, you had to give the 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 crowning of a new champ and the potential Roman Reigns thousand days, he becomes tag team champ. That had that had to be the thing on this show. Those are the three things they had to get over, or the two things they had to get over. For the nature of time, could we talk about we I want to get into the triple threat main event type of thing, and then we'll talk about the other matches um as they follow. Because to be honest with you, one's a squash, one's a new thing, but I really want to get into like, for instance, this Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, the bloodline thing, which okay. I thought this is definitely still like post the Sami Zayn thing. The Honorarius thing is over. Yes, but they still managed to to grab the history of it while also again Sami Zayn having another moment. Like, there's who would have thought this would have been his career, right? Like Montreal and Jetta, like being able to be there. For the first time in front of his people, um, speak the language of his people in front of his people. Like what kind of like and Kevin Owens just like I'm stepping back, nigga. This, this all you. This all you, my boy. You know what I'm saying? Um, I thought that was amazing. I thought Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa kind of like coming out and 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 this tag team match, which by all stretch of the imagination, like it's insane that they were there. Yeah, <laughs> like. Like wow, and and again, like thousand days, he's here. He's not defending the title, but it's all right because he's still in this big main event. You've managed to make Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn enough of big stars to be like, yo, we don't need Roman Reigns here defending the title for him to have an active, relevant place on the show. Like that's development. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And. We get to the, I mean, the match is what it is. It's, it's it's moving. It's incredible. It's going back and forth. There's near falls. There's everything that's going forth. Um, but I, we get I to love, the end. And we- I love the fact that 
because Solo and Roman aren't a real tag team that they kept making mistakes during the match. Mm. And I thought that that was like a good touch. And I thought that like, it was essentially like they, they had duct taped the tag team together because Roman's not really good at the tag team thing anymore. He's like a singles guy right. now, right? So it, I, I love I'm the greatest were, singles champion of all time. Exactly. <laughs> like, they would make mistakes and that put them in a position where Roman could take a Superman punch from Sammy because he, he didn't have anybody to cover him. But Sammy had like, again, it was that extra layer of help that Sammy and KO had that was overwhelming for Roman Reigns. Cause again, what I love about the way Roman matches are booked is that they always give you a chance to think that this guy could lose or be completely decimated before he, out of nowhere, he wins. Right. Like it's like, but it's almost like, go ahead. right. No, keep going. Almost like it's almost like divine intervention when Roman wins because it's like, yo, we thought we had him. And I think the mania match is like the best encapsulation of that, where it's like everything went wrong at one point <laughs> for him to win that match. Right. And in this in this show, it, it happened again. So they came, um, they the Usos come in, they kick the shit out of fucking Kevin Owens and they bury him at the table. And I'm like, oh, we really doing this. This is nuts. Like we're really going to it's gonna be Roman and Solo versus the Usos, tag team championships, or whatever fucking event that happens. I'm like, God damn, we really doing this. Cause it's it's the same thing that we've seen for the last two years. Usos mm-hmm. come in, they dismantle the competition, they super kick Sammy. Sammy takes the double super kick. <clears throat> And then he has to take the second one, but he luckily ducks out the way and Solo Sokoa gets hit. So now Roman is in the ring. Roman sees it. He, no, the best part is, is that Roman wakes up in enough time to see that happen and nothing else. Yeah. So he gets in the ring. He's like, this day one-ish shit is over. He starts mushing Jey Uso in the face. And Jey Uso is like, he's the one who's really like, he's the key in all of this. Mm-hmm. Like. He, he is like Jimmy starts it off, but he's ultimate. Jay Uso is the key in all of this. So he's mushing him in the face. And then Jimmy, oh boy, the Jimmy, no malice, Jimmy. Um, he super kicks him. No malice. He's got to be one or the other. Um, he super kicks the shit out of Roman Reigns in the face. And it's that moment where everyone was like, oh, this is actually happening. It's the moment that we've been waiting for. He's talking to his brother and he's like, this is between you, my brother. Like, we got to do this together. Like, this is not how the, 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 the. it's us now. And then, it's, yeah. It's, he said, he said, he said, we the ones, not him. <laughs> and I said, yo, I love that. That was a good line. And he super kicks Roman again and then let out this like visceral ass scream, which is the amazing. It's like really cathartic ass scream. I thought the that was incredible. Off- the weight is off his shoulders. The, the Because the thing is, and that's a part of the story too, is that if you remember, Jimmy was the first one to kick uh, Sammy at Royal Rumble. Jimmy has always yeah. wanted to go back to them just being brothers, to, to, to them being, you know, the Usos again. And he felt slighted when Sammy was in that position and felt even more slighted when it was Roman in that position that Jay was going towards. So it makes more sense that Jimmy would be the one to fall out first, not Jay. And now we have the final domino is Jay in this storyline. Because he said, he said, yo, he was he was calling Roman. He said, Joe. He didn't call him Roman. He said, Joe, Joe, you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yo, it's <laughs> <man is> tilted. <laughs> he, I mean, I thought that moment was just incredible. Roman gets laid out the ring. 
So Sokoa gets hit with the Haluva kick, the stunner, all types of other stuff. They win the match. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beat Roman Reigns and Solo <laughs> Sokoa. Like, that's never... And he's standing there, and it's kind of like... It's it's all after the moment. Of course, you know, people say what they say about Montreal and how that should have happened. Like, again, this is just like a moment you've created on its own where it's like Sami Zayn gets his back, finally. Yeah. And he did it with it alongside of his friend. And that's how it was supposed to be the entire time, the power of friendship. You know what I'm saying? In the Holy Land, too. <laughs> yeah, in the Holy Land. It was a, it was a divine moment. That's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you touching that little, uh, no, no disrespect, you touching that little pyramid shit? <laughs> All right, you said no disrespect. <laughs> then you said that little pyramid shit to me. All right. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Well, Whatever it is. No disrespect. No disrespect. No disrespect. But he, he touched that little pyramid shit. He said, yeah, I'm praying for this. This is this <laughs> going dying. This is going dying tonight, man. Come on, Oh, nigga. my God. The shot. He, he, he went to... He, it, it was at Mecca, by the way. Okay. Little pyramid shit. The shot of... Oh, my God. <laughs> the shot of Roman on the floor. Just, just legendary. Yeah. <laughs> And now he's supposed to be celebrating his thousand reigns on SmackDown, his thousandth day on SmackDown. I don't know what's gonna happen on SmackDown. Oh, I don't it's, know what. It's beef. <laughs> it's beef. It's over with. I I think that again, Money in the Bank in, in the UK, you get Usos versus Roman and Solo, but have Jay not come out. You know what I'm saying? Have Jay not come out? Have Jimmy work that match? And then Jay come out and have to make a decision, and he chooses his fucking meals. Do you understand? I would cry man tears <laughs> if that happens. I truly feel like I feel like this 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 SmackDown they're gonna do the full turn. Oh, you think so? Uh, Jay, yeah, I think Jay is gonna be on board, and Jay is gonna also like. Jimmy's gonna get in trouble. Jay's gonna have to do what it like. You can't you can't beat up J- Jimmy in front of Jay and Jay not do anything. I really feel like we're gonna we're gonna get you know the moment that we're getting here. So I'm looking forward to Friday. How, how are you, know? you feeling about the fall of the bloodline so far? Are you getting kind of like I'm I'm here for it. My thing is this: I, I'm at this point appreciating appreciating the the ride that we've had thus far up to this point it's been a four-year journey four-year storyline there has never been anything like this in wrestling ever and i know that when it's over i think that people are gonna you know maybe rightfully or unrightfully like put unfair expectations on anything that comes next right right but i think that we should enjoy what we have now because i don't know if there's ever going to be a stars or stars that align with how many people have this has this has this encapsulated at least 10 people Maybe more. <laughs> you've had Finn, mm. you've had Drew, you've had KO, you've had Sammy, you had Cody. Not even mentioning the bloodline. You've had a bunch of people that have been right. Ra- Imperium has been in this storyline. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everyone's been in this storyline. You've never seen, you'll probably never see anything like this again. And I think that as we kind of near our way into the end of it, um, we should start appreciating it. I think and, and I'm, I'm appreciating it a lot right now. And I think that it's still being master masterfully done and Roman seems game for it. And the whole team seems game for it. But this to me is the most organic way for a team to break up. I've ever seen in wrestling. 
absolutely no it it really really is like from the highs highs to the lowest lows we're going to go through it all absolutely and, um uh solo, speaking, solo picked up a second pinfall by the way so there you go there you go um let's talk about brock versus cody Brock yeah. versus cody too can yeah. you can we also talk about the the tweet that cody rhodes wife made on on friday well, she bro. saw her man she saw her man getting praised over in saudi arabia it's like Nigga said that he shouldn't have left. Fuck them, Nick. That's what she really meant. Yeah. She, didn't say that. she said, "How about that? How about them apples?" She really said, <laughs> she said "How about them apples?" <laughs> she said, and nigga said that he should have stayed. You see this? My man is in the holy land, <laughs> getting all types of love. Yeah, his holy, no matter- holy. He in the holy land doing his big one. <laughs> yeah, man. They woven everywhere, man. They woven. They won't across the earth. You know what I'm saying? Every period, per (laughs) every (laughs) every language, woe is the same. (laughs) So here's my thing. I think with these Cody and Brock matches, you're getting a lot of mixed reactions to it. Um, I've seen people say he don't know how to work a Brock match, and that that be him being Cody. Um, I see a lot of people saying like, "What what is this about?" Let's be clear. These matches are as much theater as the bloodline matches are in the main events. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. I also feel like a large part of this is I think Cody is used to when you look at Cody and his best matches, they're against like a Gunther and Seth and stuff like that. I think Brock, as good as Brock is, is also very limited in terms of things that he will do. Yeah. Um, which I think doesn't allow for a lot of different types of drama that could occur in this match. You know what I'm drama. saying? There was drama, I thought. No, but there was, dra- there was drama, but I don't think it's, like, to the same level as, like, a Roman Reigns match. You know what I'm saying? I think what or, they're doing is ratcheting up the stakes slowly. And so this is a very old-school feud. And I think course, yeah. it throws off a lot of people, but it shouldn't because a lot of feuds have the three-act structure. And I think the, no, of course. what's carrying it right now is the fact that Cody's just such a good talker and Brock is such, such a good presence. So when you have the presence, then you have the the person who can talk your way into the into actually wanting to see this. That's why it's working for me. You're building Cody to be like the the biggest babyface in the world, and I absolutely and, and I think for the same reasons why you didn't like the Seth Rollins stuff in the videos and they led up to it. If it was Cody in that position, you would feel it because I just feel like Cody's a lot better at that showmanship and as far as right. than than Rollins. But I also but I also feel like there's a level to this feud where you know. You're, you're very aware of everything that's going on. Like, clearly, as much as this is, like, a personal thing, they've never actually explained why Brock actually fucking did it. And you know this is a much more of a vehicle for Cody to get back to kind of where he is. So it's up to them, I think, to take us out of that and bring us into the, the, the part that this is, like, an actual feud with stakes on it. And it may take Brock actually saying a lot more things on the mic than he actually said. It might take him to get an actual reason of why he's actually doing this. Like, what is Brock's motivation for actually doing this other than being a bully? Like, this clearly kind of seems like a vehicle for this instance. But I do think, especially with everything that happened on Raw, you know, he challenges him again. I think they need to establish, like, here's the firm story. Let's get this backstory going. So this doesn't just seem like a vehicle for Cody in the future. Fight pit. No, they're not gonna do a fight pit at Money in the Bank. Cody uh, <laughs> in a fight pit would be hilarious. I think um, we get a, I think we get a last man standing. I think so too. I mean, I could definitely see that. 
think I think we get a um, um I I hold on we we got we might have a special guest that's coming in right now. Oh shit, okay. We might all right, uh, you know, I'm down for anybody parachuting in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We might have we might um guest in a second so um yeah, but I I think again, I like the match. We all knew this was going 3. We it's one right. one even it up. I am standing firm on my prediction that it is going to be Cody Roman 2 at SummerSlam. That is how you sell the rest of that show out. Um well, I think yeah, I think once he's if Roman Reigns is fully like the bloodline is fully done and it's just solo, I think you've set up the stage perfectly for it. Yeah, I I, I definitely think that this is the direction. I I I was a lot less confident in saying that a couple of months ago or or real shit really a month ago. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more comfortable saying that now that I think that's what's going to happen here. Um, okay. They've, they've, they've left Cody out of a lot of big things as far as titles. It is firm that he is not going to be in Money in the Bank. And I said, okay, so it's definitely going to be that. <laughs> it, okay. it has to be that. So, All right. So while we were in on our guests, if we have one, um, <laughs> let me run through the undercard for you and get your quick thoughts on these matches. Okay. Yeah. Um, Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch. What are your thoughts on this? Really match? good. Did not expect Trish to work like that. Hey man, Trish be working, bro. Trish been working since day one. It's the other lady who don't work. <laughs> but really good. And I'm- and your fave, your fave showed up at the end of this match as well. So we start. What I say? They have big, big. I've been saying this on the show. They got big plans for her. Hey Amen. It was a good look, when and she busted Becky's nose. What are, what are people going to listen to me? People need to start listening to me. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther successfully defended against Mustafa Ali. I um, thought it was a really good match as well. It was really good. Mustafa took it back to 205 Live, and uh, we got it. We got a really good... Really Gunther good be bumping. Huh? I said Gunther be bumping. He does, and I think that he enjoys doing that because I think he loves he loves that, like like I said that 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 kind of defi- divine intervention. Like, how did he get out of that? He, he he loves giving people those hope spots, and he's really good at it. Him and Roman, to me, are the best to it, providing and and manufacturing these hope spots to make people think they're going to lose. Absolutely. Um, let's go. Rhea Ripley successfully defends against Natalia. One minute, ten seconds. Right, woman one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Natalia's birthday. <laughs> I, I I just find it so strange that people are like really riding for her like that. I'm like, it's 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 the past. Nah, man. It, it's a it, it's definitely interesting. And then of course we have the last uh the last one, Oscar, in a surprise defeats Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. It was time. It was time. It was. I love the. I, I hated everything about the match, but I loved the finish. Like I love the I'm using the mist on my fingers. It's this thing, the Muda. Muda is also on Hall of Fame this year. Puts in Bianca's eye, manages to win the match. I think if there's any way to beat Bianca Belair in this historic title reign as a heel and establish as a heel, this is how you do it. Speaking of historic, we got somebody on the line now. Special guest. <laughs> hey, that's, at the fourth. <laughs> that's crazy intro. <laughs> Hey man, come on! <laughs> I appreciate the gas. I appreciate the gas. <laughs> we, we got it. You hear him? You oh, hear him? You on our, you heard him on our Mania show. We had to have him back for this show. Of course, we have Eddie Gonzalez, Bansky. What's going on, brother? 
What's up, man? Are we here to do the Dominic Mysterio victory lap? Because I'm ready. I'm, this is what I came for. I got my shirt on. We can on. talk about it right now. <laughs> talk about it. Talk about it. The man's, man's a, he's a superseded. He's transcended companies with the way his heat has been <laughs> <laughs> yo, I thought he had like X Pac heat for a second. I thought it was just like, yo, we just really hate this guy. He picked the mic up yesterday and they just immediately start booing. I was like, yo, what is going on, dude? He didn't even say a word. He couldn't even talk. I was like, yeah, this this dude is special. If they teach him how to wrestle full matches, like he could really be <laughs> a real issue for them. Like it, he cracks me up. But I love that they keep they're they're keeping him from wrestling too much. I think that it's important that they get they get him at the right baby face to get that baby face over. Yeah, and I, I bet like there's a world where he can wrestle in a year, like he can wrestle well, right? Like he takes enough time and trains and and all that. But they know as of right now, his value is getting booed and eventually getting his ass whooped and literally spanked by his dad. And so <laughs> they're just gonna set him up <laughs> to do that every couple months. Hey, Amen. This, I mean, he's definitely on one right now. I mean, even on Raw, it was definitely yes. a problem. Like he, he was, he was absolutely killing it. I mean, we don't even have time. We talked about so our last match, Eddie. While we're here, we have the inaugural world champion, world heavyweight champion. They put it on Seth Rollins. Yeah. Great decision. Do you, do you feel like this is what we need? I mean, I like that they're on on the show like just dismissing this belt <laughs> they know exactly what that belt is but i mean you can't give it to cody cody's eventually supposed to wrestle roman right that's the point and so i was who right. else saying, i guess i literally i literally was just saying just now before you got on the on the call i was like with with what happened with cody saying he's not going after money in the bank seth has the title and the bloodline imploding i am firm in my prediction that it's going to be cody roman too at SummerSlam. It has to be. So I want to ask you all this because you guys follow week by week every show. Is it bad for business to have like this champion who only exists in the shadows and appears once every six weeks? Or is that like because that's clearly what we're going to have going forward. But is that bad for the show? I think they feel like it is because, first of all, Triple H ran Roman down when he introduces the belt. And then second off, they have this belt. Like, just the entire point is they want a champion to have to fight people, and, and they don't have one right now. I don't think it's bad because now, from what it looks like, it looks like Roman's going to be on most of the shows going forward. He's going to be on all of the international shows that they have, and he has to build a match ostensibly for Money in the Bank in the UK, probably against his cousins. Yeah, And I think that's a match that he's always wanted to do. I think we're coming down to the end of it, and he's gonna be a, he's gonna be around a lot more. I think the interesting thing here is, is also, and and I'll, I'll ask your thoughts on this too, Mills, is that Cody potentially could be probably moving to Fox if that is the case. If Roman is going to lose and take some time off, Cody will move into that spot on uh, Friday Night SmackDown. That would be interesting as hell. Um, I I don't know Fox at this point. I'm assuming Fox is like, if we got Roman Reigns, you better have somebody on that damn show. Exactly. <laughs> you ain't you ain't leaving us without no damn Roman Reigns on the show. They've been the crux of essentially, essentially the majority of the move to Fox. They moved to Fox in 2019. The Roman Reigns storyline starts in 2020 and has really been the crux of it for the entire past three, four, three out of the last four years they've been on Fox. And um, even though the, you know, we're talking about rights deals that are about to come up in a year or so. 
um, it's definitely a major part of the thing to have Roman on this show. So I'd be interested to see, but I don't think it's going to be a problem if he's featured regularly. I think it's a problem for the quality of the show, but I think WWE over the last number of years, considering they had Brock as champion, Brock would show up every three months or so. They have figured ways around it. It always, it hasn't always produced the best result. Cause at times we get like this long ass Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins feud in the main event or something um, ridiculous. But I think now they have so many different um, talented wrestlers and then also so many different programs going on so many different stars that they can do without, okay, this guy is going to be a champion. He's not on the show. Maybe we move into um, judgment day or maybe we move into Bianca Belair or maybe Gunther is the focus on the show or something along those lines. So, uh, there's trade. a lot going on. Yeah, for trade. Trading Roman for Cody ain't bad. Like that, I, I think you have a you have a I wouldn't do it. Yeah, it definitely is not bad. I mean, it's interesting. It is you guys feel like Cody can carry that. I mean, like you said, they have so many moving parts as far as this goes. They have rights deals that they gotta secure, they have things like that. So when you're selling the Friday show, or it could be either day, I know they just had a report where Raw doesn't isn't attached to Monday anymore. Uh, yeah. you're, you're selling it with Roman Reigns. You're selling it with Brock Lesnar, right? You're not necessarily selling it with Cody. But but Cody is Kobe Cody is the top babyface at the moment, and he's he's being positioned yeah. as such and booked as such. And uh, they're clearly building to him eventually winning something, some major win, right? I don't No, no, no. Go ahead and say it. Say, say it. Speak it into existence. Beating Roman. <laughs> no, I don't that's what I was about to say. Like, I don't know if it's beating Roman anymore. I mean, you could see Jimmy doing it. I think that's like that's the wrestling that's what end. They want you to that's, that's the what wrestling they want you to end to this storyline, right? The cousins fight eventually big cuz shows up and it that's the wrestling end. That's what we all thought it would be. The business end is, is like a whole other thing, but they brought Cody back for a reason. And I've been laughing and saying like, yo, he's paying the iron price for building AEW up, but they're building him as they're building him like his pops. Like, yo, he's just going to lose forever until he finally wins. And when he wins, it's going to be transcendent as you're going to love it. And they're going to beat you down just like him until he finally wins. Wow. And wow. SummerSlam we, almost we, feels we too to... soon. No, no, no. It's not too soon. It's not too soon. Here's 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 a here's a prediction that we had in our is it's 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 it was created in our our in our in our Discord and we've been talking about this for a while, is that we feel as though Triple H is going to be the one that snatches that victory from Cody, like in in a way where he he'll beat <laughs> Roman, the Triple H's guy will come out and that'll be the 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 program for Cody to get the title back and and get the rightful win for himself is that he'll keep getting the rope. Because the thing about Cody is that he don't mind the rug being pulled out from under him. That's why when people were like, I feel so bad for Cody. I'm like, bro, this is a guy who booked himself to not win the world championship in a company he created. Do you think he gives a shit about, like, as long as there's money to be made in the chase, he'll do it. And there's money in that chase. He gets, I mean, you know who his dad is. He's an American Dream son. Like, he, that was his entire legacy was chasing Ric Flair around and and not being able to beat Ric Flair for X amount of time. and. Then he finally does. Like, Cody understands the money's in the chase. Like, when you win, it's always hard to live up to that afterwards. We've seen that. That's basically the history of the business. It's like, when you finally get one, two, three, 
your next run, it, it never matches up to that. We've seen it with Daniel Bryan. We've seen it with CM Punk. We've seen it with every, all these people. It's the chase that gets you there. So him losing at Mania, I was pissed too. But that's like how it starts. Yeah. That's that's how you build this story. Well, to be pissed. Quick, <laughs> absolutely. Quick, before we get into our hot takes, Eddie, okay. I want to ask you because last week we had a very extensive conversation on the CM Punk thing. Kind of where do you stand with this? He's, a, I mean, with everything he's, they announced the Chicago show. AEW announced that the collision will start in Chicago, which means that he may be back um, at this time. Again, there is two weeks. Anything could happen in these two and a half weeks, to be real with you. Um, where do you kind of stand on this entire CM Punk AEW drama? Is he worth the hassle? I mean, his argument is the, the, the proof is in the pudding. He's he's been the the biggest money maker for them in 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 the inception since the inception of the company, and he says he can show it right. The he's promoting the show. He did that yesterday to everybody's surprise, I guess. And uh, I I think he's the best post Cena wrestler. I don't know if that's even the right timeline. I know he existed before that, but I think you know as far as the entire package goes, he has probably the most iconic moment of the last. 15 years in wrestling and so in that sense i think he is but he is like od toxic there's no way around that he's toxic as hell he's been that way everywhere he's been and this is one thing i wondered and this is kind of why i wanted to talk with you guys too these storylines that that blur and break kayfabe and 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 you know these work shoots and the shoot shoots and the shoots that turn into works they're almost never good for business like we we mythologize them years later but after the the time after the montreal screw job was one of the lowest times in the history of that company you know that's when they started losing to wcw that's one of the worst situations they ever dealt with even the time with cm punk where he you know with cena and all that stuff that was a low time in their in their company they had to work their way through that and they had to figure that out and it almost never works uh the mjs yeah. stuff that's the same thing like you know, he worked his way into shoot and shot his way into a work. And, and that was like, yo, it, it wasn't crowd pleasing. It was annoying if anything else. So I wonder that with punk, am I wrong in that? Like, I feel like w- when we look back, we gassed these moments up cause they were great in retrospect. And it was like, yo, we were in the know, but in the moment, like they're really crippling in a lot of ways. And CM Punk has had numerous versions of that. I think we'll look at it in the long run and see that Punk's um, runs are more serving towards him mm-hmm. than the overall company. Yeah. No matter where he were, whether it be in WWE or AEW, I think we'll take a look back and see like the Punk run did what wonders for Punk's career, um, but realistically, like company wise, because of the toxics, toxicness, and because of all these things, it didn't really push it in a different direction aw's problems isn't that cm punk isn't there aw's problems is that they have yet to develop another major star and their biggest star that they have there quite honestly and most consistent um and recognizable i mean there's mjf but i really think it's more john moxley than anything um and they they just need to be able to if there's anything they can use punk to do if he's going to be on the show is to produce new stars like you know, and, and them to maintain and stay the course with the development of these stars instead of like throwing them away. I, I, um, I think you're dead on. And I think in making this company, that's essentially the smart company, right? You want to market to those guys, your, your 
everybody's in the know. You're letting the wrestlers book and write the show. All this stuff. You, you're, you're, you're almost making yourself underground in a sense, right? Where I think they need the mainstream star to if they really want to compete, and they want to compete. You listen to Tony; they want to compete. That's their entire point. They need the mainstream star, and and they don't have that on the roster. And then there's still that stain of like when you bring up Moxley, like that's a WWE cast law. Daniel Bryan, WWE cast, like all these guys. And then, you know, Punk's point was like these other guys were building the company on, you know, the Hangman Page, the, 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 the New Bucks. They've never sold tickets in this country. Like they don't do, they don't do none of this stuff. And he's right. That's the worst problem for, for the company is, is Punk is right. He knows he's right. And he's, he's holding him hostage and it's working. Now he's getting a whole show to himself in a premiere night. In prime time, like I don't know how he did this. Hey man, it's not. I don't know about premiere night. That shit is on Saturday, my guy. It is. Is UFC and AEW? What you think people choosing? <laughs> Yo, there's a lot of things I'm choosing. Over yeah. <laughs> hey I, I, man, before we start, before we start, um, hot takes out. There's one more thing I want to bring up. They just released Roman Reigns' schedule, uh, for the summer, and oh shit, like I said, he's on every SmackDown barring one. Until SummerSlam. Hey. He's on every SmackDown hey. going forward. Hey, man. You working. Yeah, you working over the summer. That's good. I mean, this, this again, this Bloodline story that we talked about, that's kind of like heading into the fall of the Bloodline kind of version of it. It will definitely be fleshed out heading into SummerSlam. And if there is that Cody match going into SummerSlam, we're going to see that too. Yo, real, real, um, real quick. Like, it could be yes or no sure. too. I'm just curious to your perspective. Should he have done the business for Sammy on Saturday? Like, is that the way they should have booked it? No. Okay. They don't. Who should have done what business? Should, should he been pinned? Yeah. No. Oh. Nah. They don't want Stop that giving... match anymore, right? Like that's. No. These people never. Here's the thing, Vince. These people never wanted that match because once, once they, once the heavyweight title came out of it, how many people did you hear wanted Sammy to be the champion? <laughs> Zero. I just. I only, so, I, rest I only stick on it because I just watched. Broken skull sessions with Sammy, and I'm just like so smitten by him now after that conversation. Like he's just—he's a great yeah, guy. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. And Austin's a great um, interviewer too. You really got the gift of gab. Yeah, no, he's—he's uh, he's special. Uh, let's see. All right, so let's head into these hot takes because some of these hot takes actually have to do with AEW, and we got to wrap this up within the next half an hour. So <laughs> we may be zooming through a lot of these. Um, so we got our hot takes. The first one I want to go through is from our friend John Pierce, who hey. says, MJF is never leaving AEW. All of this bidding war talk plays right in line. It's fake, edgy. You're not supposed to say that persona. The truth is Tony Khan literally gives him everything that he wants and will continue to um, will continue to where if he left, he would have to earn a spot against superior wrestlers in the ring and on the mic. Do we think MJF is eventually WWE bound or kind of like where his trajectory is? Do you feel like he's the best move would be staying in AEW? Um, stay there. Stay there. <laughs> he's leaving. Like, that's the point of what he's doing. Like, he, he's eventually – I watched Sting wrestle in a WWE ring. Like, he will eventually make his way there. If they want him, they will go get him. He shouldn't – he should definitely be Big Fish – medium-sized pond but he's gonna leave at some point he, he he almost has to he can play all the like devil's advocate and smart ass you know act that he does but he wants to go over there and see how he stacks up he absolutely does 
And they're gonna book him against Miz and and, and make him lose clean. And they're gonna show him he's a he's a mid carder because that's what they do when they bring the. What if they, what if they run the MJF Punk program with MJF and Miz? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like the best move for MJF currently, if it's a business move, I'm saying stay. I'm saying he has a firm grip on the balls of this guy in this company. Um. And again, it's a it's a it's a road to the top. I'm sure he's not against taking the road to the top in WWE, but he can kind of get he can kind of call his shot in AEW at this point. Um, now, if it's for like five years, I'm not sure if I stay. I would you it would you would have to three three year deal me. Um, but yeah, I I truly do think MJF is definitely uh if I had to say. It's a little close. We'll see kind of like how the, the next half of this year kind of wraps up, but I feel like he's saying at this point. Um, we got another one uh, from J.M. Jay McLean. Shout out to you. Um, he actually has a couple. I'm going to pick one of them for the thing of time. Um, he says, a third hour of SmackDown would do wonders for the men's mid-card. Theory would be a solid champ as he's not e- as he's easy to root against. Fans, I'm not sure how many episodes of SmackDown you've seen lately, um, or episodes of Raw, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, but do you? What do you think about a third hour being added to SmackDown? I've always had the opinion they have too much TV right now. So <laughs> I, I get like, yo, we should utilize more of the roster. I don't think you get the Austin Theory hour if you get another hour of TV. You get something probably completely different. Um, the problem with WWE right now, it's the the gift and the curse. The top of their card is booked. It just is what it is. It's whatever's happening with Roman, with his cousins, with whoever they're beefing with in the moment. And nobody can beat them. So they have to figure out all the rest and there's limited time after that. I don't – another hour just clutters them to me. So I'm not, I'm not on board with that. What do you think, J5? It depends on where it is. If they're going full streaming, a third hour to me is easy because that's something where you could turn it off and then go back to it later. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I think a third hour, if they go to Amazon or something like that, vastly changes the way that I watch these shows because I watch them straight through every week. And I've done that. I mean, I've done it since I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's just what I do. But, like, have the, having the ability to be like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and just walk away and I'm going to just pick it up. I'm going to pick up on it later because it's streaming. And I have the access to do that, it vastly changes it. So if it's on network television, I'm a lot less excited about a SmackDown that does that, especially with such a small roster. They just can't do that, at, you know, at the right after the draft. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'd just be weird. But I think if it's streaming, I think we should we 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 would definitely have to think of what that looks like. I think I I don't know. I feel like the 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 charm of SmackDown is with the two hours, you can you can kind of get a bit more out of certain people. And I know it's weird to say, considering there's a three-hour show, but like with two-hour show, you're able to maneuver and have to be a little bit more versatile because some days you're going to, some weeks you're going to have to just talk and some weeks you're going to wrestle and some weeks you're just going to maybe talk and wrestle. Um, Whereas Raw is basically like you're in the ring every week. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens are going to be in the ring every week. Whereas on SmackDown, you may have to talk, and that's how you get over your storyline. I've seen amazing things happen on SmackDown over the last number of years. In those two hours, that 
far supersede whatever happens on Raw in those three hours. So I'm in favor of them staying too. I realize though money talks. <laughs> so it, Nick Khan is going to do whatever the whatever it does to make the company more profitable. And uh, yeah, that's how we kind of see it. Um, next hot take comes from Chris Mack. This is kind of a scorching one. Um, he says, AEW as we know it, with Tony Khan as the creative force and financial force will cease to exist by 2025. <laughs> he says, last night's double or nothing, clear example of how predicting his booking was. Um, he talks about, he says, this is going to be another masturbatory blood and guts with the shell of Kota Ibushi returning, reuniting with Kenny Omega before he leaves the sinking promotion for good. Do you feel like AEW is long for this world <laughs> at the at how they're currently moving? Uh, they are because, they are because he's gonna pay. Like he's willing to to pay for this hobby or whatever. And you know, two years is not that long a time. Like he's gonna pay to be on two years. As long as they have a TV deal, they will exist. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that's what's been keeping impact afloat for years. I said this already. I I don't think it will be a complete, you know, they won't be defunct, but I do think Tony will be taken out of power within the next two and a half to to three years. I think he'll be taken out of power. And I think that without him in power, you lose a lot of those those contracts. I think you lose the faith of WB and stuff like that for sure. But I cannot see him being in power too long. It's just... it's not fathomable. Yeah, I can't see him being creatively, like really the crux of the creative decisions because I do feel like it's a hindrance on the show and we've seen it and kind of how the numbers have dwindled over the last number of weeks. I think he needs someone and a team a lot more savvy than he is. Again, he can be like the Vince who overall, you can overrule this decision and he has the final kind of say, but I don't think he needs to be the one like creatively dictating how this show goes because it's it's... It's not with he has everything planned out months in advance, and it's just not. <laughs> there's no flexibility. There's no fluidity. There's no moments that you can kind of get caught up in. I think if it's up to Tony Khan, and there's a Daniel Bryan kind of moment happening where there's like a yes WrestleMania thing, I feel like we don't see it for three years, <laughs> because I got Kenny Omega winning this belt in July, and then after that, Adam Cole is supposed to win it. Um, so I think there needs to be a better team in place for AEW. And I think he could be out of it creatively, but I don't see AEW crashing and falling in two years. Too soon. Stranger, um, things, have Stranger things have happened. I mean, this is definitely true. Um, Antonio Salgado says, How me- however many years in... <laughs> however many years in the only person who raised their stock over in AEW was Cody. Um... So he says the only person in AEW who's actually raised their stock from joining it was Cody Rhodes. Um, he says also building Jake's street, Jade Streak just because you were waiting on stat to get healthy was dumb as hell. I yeah. agree. Um, <laughs> but is the only person who's raised their stock in AEW since its inception this has been Cody Rhodes. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I mean, considering where he is now, I mean, to be honest with you, it's kind of hard to disagree now I think about it. Yeah, I mean, who, I guess, who, else, who else raised their stock in that company? I'm talking in that company. Who else raised their stock? And I mean, Cody was nobody for a long time. 
I mean, I guess uh, I guess Jade, right, who they just mentioned, and, and maybe Darby Allen, who that's just by nature of Sting loves him. <laughs> but a lot of those guys, they came in, they're just doing the hits. They're doing their hits, and they're doing the hits of, you know, the fucking the matches they loved from when they were kids. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard being the B company, right? Especially when you think you're the A company. And, and to me, I said that earlier, that's their problem. And that's the thing about, you know, two years from now, however, however long it takes to get Tony out of power, they need to build a roster that isn't just guys from other places. And they have not shown the ability to do that. Like this question basically shows you. Um, <laughs> this one comes from, Oh God, I'm trying to pick which one, which one should I go with next? Um, DMV fan says, I agree with some of the complaints about the booking of the women's division compared to 2001 and early 2022. A lot has changed in the women's wrestling landscape over the past months, draft injuries, title changes, so I will afford them some grace. But I really do hope they can use this reset as an opportunity to restore some energy in the division that has been wanting, that has left some wanting. So what's the, lack the women's of division, what happened? Well, what's the lack of energy? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not seeing it. Um, I'm not sure. I think, I don't know. Maybe they want a more competitive scene. I honestly, I don't see it either. I think Rhea and Bianca Belair as your two pillars in this post four horsewoman era yeah. is as good as you can kind of get. And Asuka. It's the four, four, it's the four horsewomen in Asuka. That's always been the, the trope. Well, yeah. I, and I forgot that Asuka just won it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She just, she just gave up the belt. I mean, you guys seen Ronda like run down the roster, right? She just said everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. And and I think that for, for people to say that there's no energy around it, it's like, look at what look at look who's parroting those those ideas. I think that even even since he's been around, I mean, Triple H has tried to make certain things happen. Again, a lot of things happen out of their control, it, rightfully so. I think Becky's one of the hottest acts that are still going down there. I think Bianca's one of the hottest acts. Rhea is definitely the hottest woman right now in that division. Um, Trish Stratus is is slowly kind of gaining gaining some support as a heel. Zoe Stark just got there. I'm honestly not seeing where the where the complaints come from. To be honest with you, yeah, I'm with you. Well, like they are some of the more in it. Rhea was basically the best part of the main event last night. You know, and she was just ringside. So I, I'm not. I'm not seeing this. I know people are, you know, we're missing Sasha or we're, we're, you know, they're feeling like we got robbed of that. And I, I just feel like we're still lobbying the same old complaints, but we're not actually seeing that on screen. Like we're actually seeing them get a lot of TV time. We're actually seeing, you know, some of their, the champs being able to be dominant, competitive rivalries. They're even pumping, you know, energy into the, the tag team division. And that's with their champ getting injured and then having to fix that on the fly and, I know we all roll our eyes at Ronda, but you know there is power in putting her in that place and making her annoying, like she seems to be trying to do. Right. So I'm not saying well, it. I'm with, I'm I, with you. Well, I actually. So we have a follow up with that kind of from um, Jalen, who has kind of. I guess he digs more in depth into maybe what's his problem with kind of the Rhea or the women's division. Um, he says, "While well, a lot of compl- <laughs> all right, relaxed." <laughs> While a lot of complaints about her reign are super over-exaggerated, I would like to see Rhea interact with the women's division 
on Raw when it comes to more segments and promos. I think this is actual valid concern. It's not a massive issue to me because I understand her beating up Med and running with JD is part of her appeal right now, but it'd be cool to see her assert her dominance over that division a little more weakly. Um, I'm going to leave it at that for right now, Jalen, for the things of time, since you have more. But, I, I mean, that to me is a valid complaint. Like, Rhea Ripley... In terms of actual women's matches on the show, she's been running with um, Judgment Day, which is cool, but I think they want her integrated a lot more into the women's division in terms of what they're doing there. Um, what say you guys? Like this, this kind of like this balancing act between what's making Rhea popular right now is not really interacting with the women, but she's also the women's champion, so she kind of really has to and should be empowering hold, that division. They are holding off on her. Uh, who I would feel like they they want her to be against Becky, right? You would think that that's like the idea, you know what I mean? Is for her and Becky to to go at it, and I feel like they're waiting for the man to face the woman who beats up man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's either Becky or Bianca, and they're both tied up, right? And they're both tied well, up. Bianca's with... not on the same show. Bianca's not on the same show anymore, so. Right, but I mean, we seen yesterday the, the brand split is fluid. If that, but come on, I, hey, and that it, was the question. The question was rooted in her interacting with all, Raw, right? The thing about that was that AJ and all of the Saudi people all traveled together, and that's probably why they made that happen <laughs> on Monday after Saudi Arabia. More than likely, why that happened. I honestly think people shouldn't really complain because it's just it's going to be fluid. I, I I don't see the major complaint. Like SmackDown to me isn't soiling Raw. As as Quan said, he's like, oh, a SmackDown person soiling Raw. I don't really think that's the kind of issue. I think whatever makes the best show and whatever makes sense. I don't know why AJ was on Raw, but he was there, and it's not like it was a bad result. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm I was sports entertained. <laughs> I, I think the thing they do have to find a foil for her, and I agree. It, it's it's you know she just beat Charlotte in a classic. Charlotte's probably gonna be back for a long time. You have to figure out a, like a physical foil for her as well. And that's going to be their problem going forward. And like we were just saying, like, you know, her best opposition, it, they're tied up or they're on they're on a raw. And so they're going to figure out a way around that. I mean, she, she, she's wrestling Natalia like, you know, Zelina Vega. We're we're not we're not taking that serious as it happens. So they have that challenge, but I think they have the roster to combat that. Um, speaking of Natalia, we got one from Donnell Scott that says Natalia has served her time in the E. <laughs> it's time for someone to old yell at her. The real match at Saudi was enough. It's time. Not much of a hot take, but more just overall disgust for the stale character that is Natalia. Shout out to Donnie who runs her IG. <laughs> yes, yeah, time. She's a great. You already see she runs classes with a lot of the women who who um. We're training there, like BFAB and Shotzi's been there. She could be an amazing asset when she's ready um, to be a producer backstage and help and help produce some of these matches. Like I, I think she would be an extremely good asset to the women's division if she chose to do that, if she wants to do that. But um, if they're going to find a spot for her to kind of be the measuring stick for certain people and, and stuff like that, then that's just, that just is what it is. But I'm not going to cry for someone who's had multiple women's title rings. I just, I just can't. Yeah, I mean, look, we we know this, right? She's she's grandmothered in. She's royalty. She's a great ambassador of the brand. They they put her on the reality shows, all that stuff. Her husband is a producer. She's gonna be there. Um, I'm with you. Like she should probably transition to backstage, but 
you know, they, they feel like she's almost the Miz. Like it's a comfortable hand they can put out there. They know the, they know the moves, they do the stuff. And, you know, she's never been intriguing to me anyway, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's time. It's been time, but she'll be getting matches for as long as she wants them. Um, our next one comes from Nico, who just says FTR are the most overrated tag team of the modern era. <laughs> um, their best talent is crying and complaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I FTR to me made a big deal about whether they were going to resign with AEW or not, and they resigned. They resigned with AEW, and I don't. I, I think that was the least intriguing decision that they could have made but realistically i also think i do think they're kind of stale at this point as good as their matches are ftr isn't really moving any needle in any direction for me and they wouldn't move it if they left to wwe either so (laughs) (laughs) no i mean Um, this is this is AEW, right white dudes cast off from (laughs) other places and kind of boring like this is yeah yeah he's right (laughs) <laughs> um our guy kenny says top five wwe themes now in no order roman the usos cody seth and rhea ripley do you have a favorite theme that currently rings off in wwe right now uh, i feel like roman yeah I like uh seth seth and roman make their themes way more interesting than they are like roman's presence and the slow walk and the just silhouette against the gigantic screen like he knows what he's doing and then seth he has that shit over so it's just yeah those things are moments when they hit that's what that's a good thing absolutely i agree i agree um next one comes from mike brown says he actually has this is very interesting he says send xavier wood to nxt big e status is still up in the air and kofi's injuries are becoming a concern Rather than just becoming another fodder team, I think it's time for a complete New Day split. Personally, I don't know if I see him as a single star on the main roster outside of being a good hand. It would be better for him to go somewhere where he can be competitive rather than being a potential afterthought on the main roster. So New Day is on some hard times right now. To be honest with you, I think their absence from television is probably more needed than anything. They've been together 10 years straight. Um... But do you feel like this is time to split up New Day, or do you feel like New Day is forever? They're they're forever, but I also feel like a hiatus is not a bad thing for these for the, for this team. Yeah, you you hate to split them without the on camera split, right? And we, we never know. We, we'll we still don't know what's going on with with Biggie. Kobe's recovering. You know, the hiatus has been good for them. I, I wouldn't just cast them off just yet until you can do it on screen with a payoff. So if they know there's money there, they're going to do it that way. I think if Big E can return to the ring, I think they still have another run left of them. I think if Big E cannot return to the ring, I think it's a, I think they have to, yeah, it might be just get a new member. Why just get a new member? (laughs) Cause who's going to say the, uh, like who's gonna do that <laughs> behind the curtain? Yeah, you don't need Biggie for that. Shit, they got they get anybody else. It's gonna look what well, Odyssey Jones. Nigga? I don't know. <laughs> um, 
Let me see. Uh, Rube says, since joining WWE, Seth Rollins is the most decorated champion of his era. Shout out to you, Rube. That was not a hot take. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he just wanted to say that. <laughs> he just wanted to give he his boy his flowers. <laughs> yeah, he was like, Seth Rollins is my guy. Um, let's see. Ron Ryan says, if WWE does the King of the Ring tournament this year, they should do a round-robin format instead of the traditional tournament format, something that they've always done. Would give main roster was that you? Oh, I'm about to say I was like J five. Um, this would give the main roster shows a ton of meaningful matches and build to the final match. Um, I think, I think uh, he wants King of the Ring to be G one. Yeah, I, I mean G one does it. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. I just think that people might get a little because um, the thing is G one takes place every day, and I think people would get a little bit tired of the matchups because uh, because you know you're gonna you're gonna see some repeats. Maybe you do it on the live events. Maybe them shits happen on Saturday, nigga. Maybe it happens on. I, I, I'm not totally against it, um, but yeah, I don't know if they want to do it for just TV. I would say, but I'm not totally against it, Ron. If they want to make like live events over the next couple of weeks more interesting, it's not not a bad idea in my opinion. Um, Terrell Walden says 2024 and beyond Grayson Waller is going to be greater, greater, greater than MJF. I think Do you guys see the potential in Grayson Waller. I think they're two different types of characters. I, I don't, I don't like that comparison. I, I think the MJF and Miz is a lot more um, true, like true of a comparison than, than Grayson and MJF. I, I think that MJF is, is probably a little bit below mj uh or i think grayson's probably a little bit below mjf as a worker but i i think as a talker like maybe that's that's the comparison that people want to make but um we'll see um all right i'm gonna speed around the next these um you'll call me rob says male wrestlers in nxt don't seem to have the drive to improve and be the stars that the women have Cap. yeah <laughs> i mean they have stars down there so how is that you know how is that even yeah, I don't even know LeBron um, and Melo is how you could say that, but go ahead. Um, Z-Man says there's a likelihood that within four years, Impact will have outlived ECW, WCW, and AEW. <laughs> Actually, no, this is not this is not the best one. He says, <laughs> I'm sorry, Z-Man. Um, his best take is Jay White has to be the biggest fumble of a former world champion going into a top company since Bret Hart's WCW run. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I buried the lead on that one. Um, I, I would never, I could never have imagined. Oh, actually, no, I could imagine that they would do that to him because they do it to everyone. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jay, they get so many world champions and just. I want to give. Again, they are. Go ahead. I want to give credit to the Daniel Bryan fumble going on right now as well. So let's not overlook <laughs> that. Oh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it because it's, it's coming up in a hot take. Um, <laughs> Marcus Flowers says Austin Theory is still one of them ones, and Ricky Starks and Jade Cargill won't benefit from the PC because they have a stench too much ingrained in them. <laughs> I think, I think Ricky and Jade would benefit from the PC. No, we need Jade um, on Mondays or Fridays. A hundred thousand percent need her over. I agree. Um, Justin says. Tony Khan has given MJF a free reign. World Championship has tanked his own free agent value. He's proven that he's not a draw as a champion. His histronics are boring and repetitive, and he histronics is a word. <laughs> um, he proven that he's unable to follow the rules and help the company along. Um, he thinks that he's going to be the biggest free agent ever, but he might not get a phone call from the New York office at all. 
I think they definitely take a meeting with MJF for sure. But whether he, again, whether he ends up in AEW is a whether he ends up in WWE to me is still up in there. If if nothing else, to get him out of there, to have the you know the pettiness of we took away your the guy you were building, right? Like. And his man's is in WWE too. I mean, his man's is Cody, his mentor. Yeah, he um, he wants to be there. Like, please believe that is the top of the top, and he knows that. But I mean, I agree. I think he's underwhelming as far as what they want him to be on TV. And I know that makes me like an AEW hater, but I am. I, I don't. I don't like that damn company. I'm sorry. <laughs> J Five, you got three more minutes. Uh, I have no minutes, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, Slat Hugo says Brian Danielson's <laughs> though it is in his Brett and WCW era, um, which we agree with, obviously. Yeah, I, mean, I feel Brett, like. Brett was a little more decorated than Brian was. I actually was corrected by Stat Guy Greg about that, and I gotta apologize. Um, Brett Hart actually won titles in WCW. Brian didn't <laughs> win shit in AEW, so I, I would say he's probably on his uh, EC3. Yo, when, oh no, when you when you brought up this point on the old. Uh, CM Punk blowout pod. I I like yelped in the gym. Like I was like, yes, somebody <laughs> said it. Finally, shit. I love that. Uh, Triple H's a uh, B plus player promo. It's like played itself <laughs> out, which is which is kind of sick. Which is kind of sick, but it has. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey man, I want to end this on Rebos's hot take, which is not a wrestling hot take at all. We can kind of end it here. He says condiments are the worst thing that happened to food. Sauces, spreads, and all that unnecessary. If you needed to enjoy your food, do you actually like food? This niggas don't like. <laughs> all right, <bro. laughs> as, yeah, as, I, in the show. as a captain of the oh. I Like It Plain team, this is outrageous. <laughs> this is outrageous. Like, you, you, you can't go without like honey barbecue or like ketchup. Toast, like, come on, toast, bro. no jelly, toast, no butter. That's this crazy. <laughs> That's insane. You're just eating hot fucking potatoes, bro. Um, <laughs> J5, you can take us out of here. We finished them all. All right. Uh, thank you, bands, for for uh, tagging in, making this a uh, a six-man tag today. We want to appreciate you. Thanks for, for, for coming in. Always love you on the show, bro. We, we should just have like a, a monthly section with you talking about CM Punk's uh, misfortunes. Uh, yo, are you we were supposed to do it last week. We, we should have did it last week. We were supposed to do it last week. We didn't get to do it because of all scheduling issues, but it would have been great, man. Yeah, I smoked it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've been re-watching old Raw for, like, no reason at all. I just started at the Montreal Screwjob. And, yeah, man, I just I just have thoughts, man. I'm just enjoying this shit. And uh, I, wa- I still want CM Punk back in the E. I'm sorry. I'm re- I, I need that to happen. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I think I think he I think he's uh, I think he's writing WWE in uh, air quotes uh <laughs> like Bret Hart did I can't wait during the school drop but, <laughs> but thank you guys for listening to the A show uh next week we'll have more for you guys and uh we have a new episode of the war report uh we have a new episode of the Re- rewriters room is already out and we have a new episode of spot Callers coming out this week as well so thank you guys for listening for bands and meals I'm Justin see you guys later peace